This is the uh, end of January, the last day, 31st. That's a perception, isn't it, of time we put on to. We can, we can only think this on this day, that this is the 31st of January, 1989. So the way of contemplating our ability to think and label and put on to the way things are, certain perceptions, that we don't, if we don't question, we just take it for granted that that's the, that's the kind of reality. But this is actually the, uh, we, we, the assumption, the belief in the conventions perceptions of time and place, personality, people, places, things. And so the ignorant human mind doesn't question or investigate the way things are. So we, live, we create a world, live in a world full of these assumptions, opinions, views, ideas, ideals, prejudices and biases, we get from who knows from where, from all over the place. Contemplating the Paticca Samupada, this Avicca Bhajaya Sankara, with this basic ignorance, this, this unquestioning, uh, unenlightened way of the human mind that just is conditioned by experience and then operates according to those conditions. We create a world, a world based on illusions, on ideas, and that's what we regard as the real world. The cessation of when, when contemplating the ex what is cessation, the ending, and more and more as you as you're aware of of the ending or the ceasing of the conditions of your mind, what becomes stronger, at least to me, what becomes more, what becomes the re reality is is the knowing and the brightness of the mind, rather than this endlessly uh, making a lot around the conditioned realm. There's the knowing, the, the awareness, the silence, the alertness of mind that is not the emotion, not the feeling, not the opinion, not the view, not the perception. Uh, to realize that more and more, that to really be with that, with that knowing, that, atten that attention to the way things are. And uh, by doing that, by, in order to do that, to really see the ending of your thoughts or perceptions and just notice the ending. The endings are like this. We're not, we're not making any dramatic kind of statements about cessation as being anything other than what it is. It's ability to just be with the flow of things the way it is. Not trying to make any kind of great, profound philosophical statements about cessation. It's like this. In practice, is is involved with this determination to realize that more and more and to be with the to really know that so well so completely uh, and and in order to do that of course you have to be willing to accept the not knowing the doubt the despair the uncertainty the whole the all those conditions which are which uh, really are the cessation of something. 
of some condition. And this is this is this is the what we mean by nibbana, the realization of nibbana. It's an ultimate realization. It's not it's not just it's not a becoming something or other. It's not a high. It's not fantastic. When Buddha said pointed to this path, the Eightfold Path, it was it was not based on becoming anything or going anywhere or achieving or attaining anything whatsoever. And for six years after they left the uh, palace, when he was an ascetic, doing all these uh, very uh, strict ascetic practices in order to attain and achieve high levels of consciousness, high states of consciousness, refinements of consciousness that you that you can realize or you can attain through concentrating your mind. The, the ability to do the samatha practices, isn't it? Of, of concentrating your mind on something. And as the as you become something uh, you gradually inc- uh, raise it higher and higher to to the ultimate refinement of say the highest most refined conditioned state is neither perception nor non-perception neva nasanya nasanya yatana that's the real subtle one isn't it neither perception nor non-perception But in Buddhist terms, that all of that, that whole gamut of from neither perception nor non-perception to the lowest possible mm, form of misery, the avicii hell. Now, neither perception nor non-perception is so subtle, ultimate subtlety and refinement, and avicii hell is the coarsest most miserable, unmitigated misery. There's in, in various hell realms, you see that misery is mitigated. But in a Vita hell, it's unmitigated. You have not one moment's respite from misery. <laughs> I mean, well, I can't imagine anything worse than that. Utter misery, unmitigated misery, to this ultimate state of this highest—not not ultimate, but high state—of neither perception nor non-perception. And so that is that, that whole. That is the 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 range from the coarsest to the finest. And that is still Lokya Dhamma, or worldly Dhamma. That is still becoming in birth and death. That is the conditioned realm. And so they, they, they now, now, in the, the unconditioned, or the Lokutra Dhamma, uh, Lokya means worldly Dhamma, conditioned realm, birth and death. Lokutra is the transcendent, unconditioned, is a realization here and now, not based on conditions, being refined, of course. Because as long as you are dependent upon support, on having to support yourself through the conditioned realm, and that's the realm, that's the worldly realm of becoming. When we reflect, we have we take into account the way things are. And the way things are is that the, the the body is like this. It doesn't mean the body is an obstacle to lokutra dhamma, to realization of ultimate truth, is it? You don't have to become some something else in another life. So the human body is not an obstacle to, to enlightenment. 
nor is the aging process of it, or its pain, or, or any conditions in regards to the body, to the feelings, to the Vedana, Sanya, Sankara, Vijnana. These are not obstacles. In other words, the whole mental process, all the conditioned mental formations, consciousness itself, and feeling, if contemplated and seen uh, as that which arises ceases, will direct us to that realization of the Lokutra Dhamma, the transcendent truth. But as long as we grasp the five khandhas, rupa, vedana, sanya, sankara, vijnana, as long as we are grasping the body as self, and the vedana, the feeling as self, the sanya, the perception, the memory, or conditioned formations as self, the volitions, the consciousness, all as self, then we can, we can certainly go into becoming, we can become refined, we can become happy, we can uh, reach to neva sanya nasanya, and then we can also drop into different levels of hell, mitigated misery, and to the unmitigated total misery of avicii, which is forever. Isn't it? Something unmitigated is eternity. At least it seems like it, isn't it? If you're that miserable, it would seem seem like you there's never no never any possibility of getting out of it. But eternal hell is impermanent, is anicca dukkanata, just like everything else. It's like eighty four thousand eons in the Mahabrahma realm or the whatever, how how extended the time period might be. Isn't it? It's time. Time is, like, is, is this way. It's like, like the month of January. It just began in a New Year's Day. All these days in between the 1st of January and this is the 31st. Think of all that happened. Here we are. The waves of feeling and that of Sister Jitapala flying away. And uh, what does that do to your mind? Interesting to watch, isn't it? Or maybe not be interesting, but it, at least it's something to watch. <laughs> to see how the one's mind is affected by the comings and goings by the way people, by our loves and hates, our annoyances, our attachments, infatuations. Mm. Now, on emotional plane, really investigate that emotional plane. It's a, it's a, it's a pretty powerful uh, say, I mean, it really, it, it, if anything seems like self, it's the emotional plane, isn't it? When you're, when you're in the Avicii hell, that definitely seems me, like me, in hell. Doesn't seem like you. It is not an abstraction anymore, is it? It's definitely, I'm suffering, and I'm miserable, unmitigated misery. Not one moment of light in the not one moment of even just relief. <laughs> That's me. And then the emotions we have, and the way we, we can love and hate and be irritated and frustrated and hurt, offended, upset, indignant, 
And these things can change very quickly in a day's time. In one day, one can go through the whole range of up, emotional ups and downs. From thinking it's all you know, manic depression, isn't it? You can fly high and then you can drop down very low. But in regards to emotional experience, whether it's just rather bleak, bland, dreary, boring, nothing much happening to, to great sorrows or, or fears or desires or anger, indignation, all of these, strong passions or, or just uh, uh, mild, mild feelings or just boredom. Contemplate what it is that can observe this. Who is it that, that, can, that is knowing all this? The emotions like this. Maybe, you're, say, you're feeling uh, despair with your practice. Feeling despair. Now, if you get caught in that feeling, then you, then you wallow. You get, it's like wallowing in the mud, isn't it? You just get stuck deeper into it. And you feel all dirty and muddy and terrible. By, because you're struggling and resisting and, and the more you struggle and resist it, the muddier you get. You get submerged underneath the mud. But if you observe, if you observe just the mud is like this, being stuck in the mud, it's just this way not struggle with it. It's the, just know that that's that's, this is what it feels like. Be the knowing of it. Be that which is the knowing, the one that knows all this, that is aware. Trust in that knowing, in that, don't try to get out of the mud. Don't struggle with it, but just know that it's just this way. It's impermanent, it's nothing, it's just what it is. But as soon as you start struggling with it, then it becomes me. I'm, I'm stuck in the mud and I hate it and I don't want to be this way and I don't want this mud to be here. And I, why do I, or who's to blame? It's somebody, either you blame somebody else or blame yourself. And that's all kind of struggling. And the more you struggle, the deeper and more, it's in, the more hopeless it all becomes. Till you stop. And ask yourself, who is it that is aware of all this? Be aware of it rather than become somebody who's stuck in the mud of your emotions. Talking to Venerable Amaro this morning about his experiences in Thailand, his commenting on how people have so many opinions in Thailand of very strong views about practice, about Buddhism, about who's who and what's what. And of course, this is not only in Thailand, is it? <laughs> Things would be pretty common everywhere. But do you see, see what I mean like here in this monastery? What I'm trying to get you to observe is, is not a position to take here, is there? Not a position to, at least to attach to. Is not a, you're not, I'm not trying to, to convert you or, or to give a method or a doctrine, but to encourage you to really look at attachment to the conditioned realm. Because all your suffering is due to that attachment. If, if, you're, if you're suffering here, it's because you're attached to something. If you're not attached to anything, then you don't suffer. So there's no fixed position, nowhere to go, nothing to do, to be able to just be, sit here and be with the sitting and aware of the way it is. 
That's enough, that's complete in itself, that's perfection. But as soon as you become somebody who has to get somewhere and do something and attain something, get rid of something, or something to defend, something to fight over, something to, to, to stand up for, something to... Uh, you have to purify yourself, or you have to get rid of the devils, or you have all this. Then you become somebody who has all kinds of things to do, a lot of places to go. You're a special person. And so many people in the religious life oftentimes develop an attitude of being specially chosen. God has called me, or I am a special kind of person. I have a special insight, or I'm, I, uh, things have come to me as, a, as an individual person. And because sometimes we do have some rather interesting experiences, such as a booming voice saying, You are God. Oh, that happened to me, I told you. Well, that seems like pretty, you know, if God, if it's uh, this voice, obviously was the voice of God saying, telling me, <laughs> I could make a lot out of it, couldn't I? I'm a special person. I don't, have you ever, have any of you ever had that happen? So I must be special. I'm a very, I'm not like just the ordinary bloke on the street. I'm even like the rest of you. I'm, I'm maybe spe a special mission sent here. This is a, a rebirth of a very special nature. And I'm a, a very special person. So I'm somebody. I'm a, maybe a reincarnation of some saint or... One can go a lot onto that, and make all kinds of interesting kind of past life experience. Uh, like once you start thinking in those ways, then suddenly all th things start kind of popping into your mind. You don't know where they come from, but you suddenly start th things start zapping through your mind. It proves that you are somebody from a previous reincarnation who's who's sent here maybe to because you were <coughs> you were somehow had something to do with the total destruction of Lemuria. <laughs> You've been reincarnated on modern day Britain because there's something probably connection between Lemuria and Britain in the past. Anyway that gets very complicated and Lemuria was so long ago Nobody, it's hard, hard to imagine what, what l was possible in the days that, that Lemuria was the dominant civilization. People have memories of Atlantis. Or people can remember all kinds of things. So we have, memory is like that, isn't it? Whether it's, whether it's yesterday, the, 20, the 30th of January, or this morning, the prunes at the... <laughs> I had some today. The prunes this morning. <laughs> or, life in Lemuria. Well, it's a memory, isn't it? It's a memory. It arises and ceases. And this is a way of knowing things as they are. It's not, not a. It's not to put down or deny the uniqueness or significance of anything, but it, it does give you perspective, and it saves you from making a lot out of it all, being coming attached and, and and deluded by the complicated attachments one creates around the specialties or the unique experiences. We don't tend to make anything about eating prunes in the morning. That's not something that you can get terribly complicated about. 
But remembering your life in Lemuria, one could really, really make something out of that. Or Shambhala. <laughs> Kitty Saro and I were the same person in Shambhala. <laughs> I stole that line. <laughs> To be special, or to be chosen, or to be unique, that is, all of that, what is that, that very quality of being unique, or special, or chosen, is a form of separation, isn't it? If I'm unique, and I'm special, and I'm chosen, God has chosen me, what does that make you? That makes me somehow special, doesn't it? And if God hasn't chosen you, well then, then I am somebody... No, I can't help but think I'm better, because I mean, if He hasn't chosen you, probably because you're not as good as I am. <laughs> so, logic is there, isn't it? <laughs> Unless God has kind of weird tastes, or <laughs> strange appetites. <laughs> now that doesn't mean we don't have unique abilities, or talents, or that I'm not denying that, because each one of us has, you know, there's no two alike, no, there's no, no two individual human beings that are exactly the same. So in many, they are, there is uniqueness, there's specialty, there's, uh, there's uh, all this is, is, no, is not to be denied, but it's not, but what I'm saying is not to grasp it, not to identify with your special experiences, or unique situations, or special talents, or whatever, not to to make anything out of it uh, on the pers on the emotional plane or as a person, <coughs> not to deny it either, to to just dismiss it or ignore it, but to see to put it into the context of dhamma. All that is subject to arising is subject to ceasing. To always bring it to the way it is, rather than to to always to have bring a lot of things to the way they are. But the the special ones we still linger around and and make a lot out of. This will always allow you to to see things in in that right in that clar in clarity. And, and in in within the as dhamma rather than as self, like with the wanting to be the the what is it within the lineage, or the the what the inheritor of the title from the teacher. You know that say that Ajahn Chah has. Definitely given me permission to teach yes. <laughs> and to attach to such notions and 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 qualifications and all that is 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 certainly uh, misusing any any trust or confidence that somebody like Ajahn Chah might have had in in you, not to make anything out of it. Trouble with being a tolku or a reincarnated lama, isn't it? Is it? It always puts you in a special category. If you have a title, if you're an ajahn, you're special now, aren't you? You're not just ordinary 
Joe Blow Bhikkhu, your Ajahn this. Tanjau Kun or the Supreme Patriarch, all these things, puts you in special categories. You're no longer just an ordinary bhikkhu or just an old siladhara. <laughs> you, you have a title. It's like if you call somebody becomes a lord and or lady, it is, you kind of look at them differently than if they're just ordinary uh, people, don't you? Say, Lord so-and-so. Your mind can't help but kind of, or up higher than just Mr., isn't it? Lady Caroline than just Mavis Brown. This is how the, the, and the attachment to this, to this, to these uh, positions. Now, now these positions are all right. There's nothing wrong with being Lord and Lady or with, with being Supreme Patriarch or Tenjakun or Pakru or Ajahn or anything. But the attachment, the thing that one creates around such, by being given such a title, if one creates a person and a position from it, then it, <coughs> then it is, what? It's a cause of separation, of division, of ignorance, disruption. <coughs> because you've made it that way, out of your ego and conceit, ignorance, and you've, you've, you've identified yourself, you've become somebody who's special, or who has a title, or who is higher than somebody else. Isn't if I have if I have a title and identify it, that means that I'm higher than people that don't have titles. Because the ordinary people don't have any titles, do they? And they obviously I'm higher than them. And this is an assumption one can make as if it was some kind of personal uh, truth, you know, that I'm I'm chosen, I'm special, I'm higher, I'm better. But also, we can go to the opposite extreme, saying, you know, the, the, I'm not as good as, I'm always belittling oneself, is also ego. Or the old uh, Aquarian, egalitarian approach of, we're all the same, everybody's the same, exactly the same, no different. Just to show everybody's I'm, I'm going to stick my tongue out at Lord so-and-so and Lady this. I can... This, the, the Americans, when, when Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip went to America, they couldn't bear to just kowtow to British royalty. Liz and Phil. <laughs> Bringing them down to good old American pals because you, you don't want to uh, go around kowtowing to British royalty, but you're very interested, fascinated by them, because they are special, aren't they? To be Queen Elizabeth and Prince Philip means you're very special, because there's only one Queen Elizabeth alive, and Prince Philip, so they're special. But even that wanting to say we're all the same is still a position we take, isn't it? It's still a position that we attach to, is that we're all equal, or that I'm better, or I'm, I'm superior, or I'm inferior. These are the positions of I am, and the assumptions of, uh, that we make as if these were truths or worldly realities. That there's an assumption there that maybe if I'm on the negative side, if I think I'm inferior, not as good as everyone else, there is the assumption that that's the way it is under all conditions, isn't it? That I am somehow that way all the time. Or, th or if I'm arrogant and feel that I'm better, superior to everyone, that, that, that I'm somehow under every condition, uh, uh, the assumption that I am 
born as somehow special and superior and am always that way all the time, or that we're equal and exactly the same all the time. <clears throat> now that's grasping of a position, isn't it, of, uh, of those which is the self-view. Now the awareness of that as a view means we can let we let go when we're aware of it as a as a view rather than as a self. Then we're not denying superiority, inferiority, or equality as it, as it relates to time and place. But it's no longer a fixed position we take and an assumption we make as if it was some kind of absolute or ultimate fact of life or the real world, isn't it? We're relatively superior, inferior, and equal. These things, is, these depend on conditions, those kind of qualities, don't they? It depends on time and place, on the other conditions, other factors. As a person, as a being, as a, as, as, as the, as a psycho, physical organism is, is relative to, to time and place, whether it's superior, inferior, or equal. So then we begin to see things as they are, no longer following or, or create living in a world based on delusion. And this applies to everything from, from the most far out kind of astral plane experiences, which nobody believes in, to just mundane facts of life, just surviving on the instinctual plane of, of our uh, bodies, whether it's the most kind of bizarre, special, unique experiences or, or the most refined levels of consciousness or the most miserable form, uh, miserable, uh, painful levels of consciousness, the reflection of the mind is to see that this is anicca dukkanata. And so when, when I talk about reflecting on emotion, really, really pull yourself in, out of that, of just, uh, of the two extremes of wallowing in your emotions, or suppressing them, or struggling, but observing this. What does it feel like? The feeling. Bear with it. Accept the the stickiness, or the muddiness, or the discomfort, or the 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 disease you feel on the, uh, as of the emotion. But that which can see and know it uh, for what it is is not sticky, muddy, dark, dull, stupid painful, is it? It's, there's, because we can reflect, reflexive mind, we can ref, we, the, that mind is bright and intelligent and clear. It's the knowing things as they are. It's not a conditioned mind. It's not a person. It's not any more mine than yours. If I start saying I it's mine, then I'm then I'm caught in a delusion again. No, my experience in Thailand also. I mean, I remember including my my. I was also. Uh, guilty of this was having strong opinions about, about practice, about who's a good teacher, about whose method is the best, about all kinds of things. Somehow, what, what, you know, you, you do get attached to, to your teachers and monasteries and methods and views and your own insights and, and uh, it's easy to, to uh, in this life, to be de delude yourself, even even in a in with a teaching that is aiming to free you from delusion, 
This is where you really need to be vigilant and really aware of the way things are, not just not just grasping uh, tradition blindly or grasping methods or or positions. There's so many views about like should you do samatha before vipassana or can you just do vipassana without samatha or should you attain the jhanas or should you or you shouldn't attain any jhanas just the uh, kanika samadhi is enough you don't need uh, abhana samadhi for vipassana and uh, then you uh, then there's the different methods uh, there's a all different kind of uh, mantras and technique. And then there's the Mahayana school. Uh, that you, people ask, that, well, what should I do? Should I become a selfish arahant or a, an unselfish bodhisattva? a selfish arahant, is it? And especially when the Mahayana comes on in a big way, intimidates you. Theravada, selfish arahants. And then this bodhisattva ideal of not, of not attaining final nibbana until the last blade of grass has been enlightened. That's incredibly noble, isn't it? All the grass here in England... <laughs> Thailand, there isn't so much grass, but here there's... And they keep growing more grass in this place. And I mean ordinary grass. <laughs> Whether you should... Social action or, or, or formal meditation, should you... Should you go out and uh, into the society and and try to help it and and do things uh, in an active way to stop the nuclear threat and upgrade uh, the environment and all that, or should you just sit here on a meditation retreat watching your breath? And of course, one can have all kinds of views and opinions about this, isn't it? One might incline to one side or another. And uh, and these can and one can have very become very indignant and narrow-minded even with with the highest ideals. Now, one should love all sentient beings. One should be full of compassion for all sentient beings, and anybody who isn't should be killed. <laughs> can be that. Guy. So attachment to the highest ideals or to, to whatever, to whatever, any, anything you attach to will always, the result will be this dukkha. And that's the sign the Buddha pointed to, to really look at the dukkha, look at the suffering, look at the restlessness, the dis-ease, the, 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 the avici hell, or, or the, the compulsiveness, the, the kind of obsessive, of your mind, or the way one always feels one has to be doing something, or justifying one's existence. On this retreat, uh, trying to create, or, or trying to, to encourage an atmosphere of ease rather than of obsessive practice. Because so many of you are obsessive, very compulsive about things, aren't you? you, you so approach everything always from this uh, driving uh, energy which you need to really look at to, to not, not to, to judge it as something you shouldn't have but to know it for what it is to be the knowing of it rather than becoming that, that kind of a person
somehow it almost seems like one shouldn't be content and at peace with everything, doesn't it? One can start feeling guilty, feeling too content, too peaceful. Oh, shouldn't there's so many things wrong with the world? <laughs> to be at ease, to feel at ease, to be happy and to be content, to be at peace. Uh, as a because a, the personality view might be one of that isn't we feel guilty of, of that being someone like that when there's so many things wrong with the world and so many horrible things happening that we've got to do something about. There's, we can't just find happiness and be at peace with things. We we have to get out there and do something. This kind of compulsive driving desires based on very high-minded ideals. They can be, you know, they can sound so very important and so very real and and uh, so very compelling that if you don't reflect and observe it, then you, you're, you're always caught in that very restless energy of having to become, having to do, having to go somewhere, having to do something. Or you make judgments about yourself, don't you? Some of you think, I'm this kind of a person, so I've got to really get in there and, and get rid of those bad habits. And I've got to really, you know, drive the demons away, and I've got to, and all kinds of, of, of views we have about ourselves that we, we think are based on, on a real understanding of our character. Without seeing that the very that very feeling, that very driving, restless, demanding energy is is what the sankara, the anusya, the avicca bhajaya sankara, latent tendencies and habits they just propel us and drive us. And where even what even when we attain and achieve, we're never contented with it, are we? It's not, I mean, it doesn't satisfy us because we're caught in that, in that compulsive drive. And so as soon as you get somewhere, then you have to go somewhere else. Like Thai tourists. Remember, one time Ajahn Prabhakaru and I went on a, a coach uh, from Bungwai big coach party went on a on an almsgiving ceremony to Chiang Rai, which is very the, the northern, most northern part of Thailand on the Burmese border. And uh, this coach was filled with all these lay people. Ajahn Prabhakar and I were invited as the guest monks. We sat in this coach for several days going to Chiang Rai, drinking Pepsi-Colas. <laughs> and, and they were going to a famous temple in Chiang Mai, Doi Sutep, and we drove up there in this coach, and everybody got out, and they spent about 20 minutes, and then got in the coach again when we drove off. Got up there, <laughs> Chiang Mai, and the same thing happened. Everybody, wherever we went, it was just, you, you, were, you were always aiming at a place, and when you arrived, you, where do we go next? The energy of tourism, seeing 18 fascinating ancient old European cities in 10 days. Some of these tours for the Americans. You can see 18 European cities in 10 days. Imagine anything worse than that. <laughs> and yet people will spend lots of money to do that. Imagine trying to see these different cities in such a short period of time. You're just, you're just arriving. Now, I've been Paris, Rome, <laughs> Athens, Dubrovnik. <laughs> How did that get in there? <laughs> Budapest. <laughs> Yeah.
So you just you just get there, and then you go on to the next one. I can't tell you time. Maybe have a have a hamburger at the McDonald's in Budapest. <laughs> now in the in medit in the holy life, though, really really notice that sometimes it. That the most difficult thing to do is to not do anything, isn't it? It's really very difficult for many of you to not ha- to not do something because you're conditioned to do things. And when you don't do things, that means you fall asleep. So that that when there's nothing to do, then then nothing to read, nowhere to go no work to do, then, well, we'll meditate. So meditation becomes something you do. But when there's, even taking it, when you, that, that view, that assumption that you should meditate, you fall asleep. Nothing to do. Because to not be able, to not do anything and not, not, have to go anywhere. It's being at peace with the way it is. Where it's, there's where it, who wants to go anywhere when 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 one is at peace with where where you are, the place you're in, with the way things are. But that takes an alertness of mind to realize the way it is. It isn't just a a kind of well, it's the way it is. A kind of of uh, dismissal and not noticing, or a, an assumption you're making, or a view you have about the way it is, it's be, being fully with the mind alert to the way it is. Just in this room, and as if, if one is just with the things in this room, with the people, with the plants, and the light, and the shrine, if you bring it into your mind as a reflection of the way things are, your mind has a sense of fullness. It isn't a, a, a bleak, barren state of boredom. If, you're, if, you, if you know how to, to be mindful, but you get bored even in the, you know, with television and, and a refrigerator filled with food and and stereo and fast car and and uh, eighteen European cities in ten days, you can really get bored with all that very quickly because it's just one thing after another, just zoom 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 zap zap, and there's no mindfulness, is there? It's just it's just on to the next, on to the next and they get burnt out, worn out, exhausted, crash out, fall asleep, get up the next day and go, at, go, go on to the next place. And then on to the next place, on to the next place. But to say, be here in just this room. This is not the most beautiful room. Not the most... It's, it's not, say, the, the, a room that is... Uh, filled with, with uh, interesting things, is it? But as is, if your mind is, is full, is pure, then one, I- one isn't asking for distraction or absorption. One isn't just restlessly going about. But one can abide with the purity of the mind, which is enough, which is bliss. There's the knowing, the abiding, the, the sense of ease and peace in which that need to become somebody or go somewhere or do something ceases. You let it go and it ceases. And it's not just sitting here holding yourself down and trying to suppress your feelings either. That doesn't work. Not this, or not get sitting here just going dull and sleepy is being able to sit here and fully be here and now with the way it is. And that is very difficult to do for most people. 
because we're conditioned to become things. We go to the extremes, don't we, of, of bhavadanha vipavadanha. And if we haven't anything to do, then what do we, we want? We want to go to sleep. Because sleep is where you don't have to do anything, and you're not, you're, you're unconscious. So you can, you don't have to feel responsible or get caught up in all the worries of the world. And that sleep is a big, is a kind of relief if you're, if you're a person that worries and has a lot of duties and responsibilities. And uh, you go to, to bed at night, so you've worked hard all day trying to straighten up the world, make everything right. And uh, things didn't go exactly right. You had a difficult time. Um, you go to bed at night and think, oh, sleep. I can forget all about it. Sleep. And then you lay there and, and all the worries and the annoyances of the day go through your mind. And you think, oh, if I have a sleeping pill. <laughs> I can't forget a, a kind of pill that with the Knock me out for nine hours, that's what I want. Get some kind of medicine that you can just be totally wiped out for nine hours. You don't have to think about the world. And you lay there in your bed, worried, anxious, or obsessed with your thoughts, restless, and you'd like to just crash out and be unconscious. Not have to feel anything or be anyone. So insomnia is a real torture, isn't it, for people who are becoming in that realm of becoming. But in not being able to sleep is not such a is not a torture at all if there's nowhere to go, nothing to do. If there, if one is is just at ease with with the way it is with lying down in your bed, with the darkness in the room. If you have a contemplated darkness with your eyes open, that's how, how nice darkness is. Nothing, nothing, there's no light to make you look at anything. It's just all dark. Nothing is saying, look at, look at me. There's nothing, no, no shape, no color in the dark. It's kind of a, a relief to the eyes to be in the dark where your eyes aren't having to look at, at shape and color. When you contemplate like that, then you begin to appreciate the darkness of a room or the darkness of a night. Rather than, oh, dark, close your eyes and, and try to go to sleep. When you... When you go to sleep, really go to sleep mindfully. Really practice mindfulness while lying down and, and in the posture of lying down. And notice the, the, how, the, the, how the mind will go into, gradually go into a sleep consciousness. And then to make determination to get up at the right time. You know the right time. And to, to determine, to, if, you, if you set your mind, then you do it. You have that, 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 that ability to, to make determination, not to just follow your feelings of the moment. Tomorrow uh, I'm taking Venerable Jacaro down to Chitters till Friday. So we'll be visiting the monastery. So during our absence, uh, we just keep contemplating the Paticca Samapada 
and uh, practice being enlightened, being awake and aware of things, being that way. <coughs> and the, the, this, this type of meditation is, is a, keep really working with whatever, so that you, the whole, all that happens to you here is a part of the meditation, it's not a disruption. One could think of something like Sister Jitapala living as a disruption of the retreat. Or is it just a part of life? Is it just part of the meditation? Is it just the way things are? So life is like that. The people you love leave. And you don't know why. So that you, you have to, you, you look, you, that's just the way things are. You don't have to know why or figure it all out, but you can know that this is the way it is. It feels like this. So that the whole, the whole thing is, is you're, you're with the Dhamma rather than holding on to an idea, a, a perception of what a retreat should be, and anything that doesn't quite fit into it is resented or regarded as disruption. <coughs> 